Oh, oh, hi there. What's up, everybody? This is Francisco here for the Frank Ops Show. The worst name for a podcast ever. And, well, I'm driving once more. So, that means we're going to have another entry here of, well, games to my backlog. I've added a bunch of more games. So, I, I don't want them to... <laughs> to to be overlooked for sure but but I'll get to them in time ah, this is just more games and I'll just do my, my whole spiel if you want to follow me you can I'm on everything and I'm, I'm trying to get through my backlog and I, I do stream what I am playing not everything that I play because that, that would require streaming as a full time job and I, I cannot do that I think I wish I could but even then, I don't know if I'm entertaining enough for that. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't watch a lot of streamers. I, it doesn't. It doesn't hold me. Even YouTubers that I like, or some, some um, notable people that I like that do stream, I, I don't know. There's something different about hearing them during the stream that it, sometimes they're, they're not as good as maybe some of the clips you hear. Uh, some of them have been falling out. There are less players that, that are trying to stream and do things live. And you can tell that they've benefited from editing and all that type of stuff. It, it, uh, I mean, it's, it's almost like, I can kind of give it a comparison. It's almost like when comedians Comedians that I enjoy, I they all a lot of them are, are making podcasts, and not all of them are as entertaining as they are on stage. You know what I mean? I I, I feel like that might be the best way for me to compare it to is that some some of those comedians really do benefit from writing out their jokes and then testing them out in different comedy clubs and then honing it and then finally releasing it for the special or the album or what have you. So there's a lot of comedians that really do benefit from that. I, 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 I mean, I, I really uh, don't think there are as streamers that have caught my eye. I mean, even the popular ones, they're mainly targeting a different audience. I don't know of any streamers that that are popular amongst people my age. And that's probably going to be hard to do because the, the people who do stream, the, the people who have time to watch those streams are... Normally, people who don't have jobs don't have this overarching responsibility uh, that, yeah, or jobs or, or, or like students in universities or something like that. Like they, those people like me that they don't, or you know, people or people who have kids, but you know, they, but the kids are the ones that watch. And that's the reason. It's teenagers and kids are the ones that have that sort of free time to watch them and 
and so and the streamers that are that do stream are usually people that that dedicate themselves to that so they're not I would say normal people you know what I mean I feel like they there's a disconnect between the streamer and the watchers around my age there's some people I, I get I put some on as background noise for let's say train sim world or what have you there's people who are in that community but but there's nobody that I would say is completely dedicated to it that's not targeting younger audiences or just so happens to have a younger audience that's I feel like it's a bit hard to do that for somebody that's uh, an adult and and uh, I, I do say this with like relatability there's these YouTubers and streamers, they live a lifestyle and a life that makes them no longer relatable, right? At, at first, they're starting out, and yeah, they work a normal job at some place, X place, retail, X restaurant, what have you, or they're in school, and then they become more... They find their niche and then suddenly they become popular on YouTube and things like that. And then after doing it for, let's say, a couple years, I'll give them the benefit of, of two years there, suddenly their life is no longer as relatable because their their whole thing is just sitting on there and doing that. And then, uh, then you have their own thing with certain drama and things like that that they create out of themselves within the community of YouTubers and streamers because there's a lot of collabs, there's a lot of things, there's a whole network of people and suddenly that lifestyle is no longer relatable. It's no longer, oh man, you guys, <laughs> you guys are paid taxes before, you know, or I mean, I'm sure they pay taxes, but I'm saying they, they don't live like that. They don't have those sort of relations as normal people do. Normal adults do, I would say. And there might be some stake, well, he's, okay, you're a streamer and that's your job, and so uh, you you don't have the same sort of issues that people normally do uh, with normal nine-to-five jobs. And I don't know, some, some I feel like there's some relatability issues with that. Um, some YouTubers, yeah, I feel like, okay, they can be concerned now because they just produce entertainment and things like that. I mean, and then that, that kind of goes to the point of relatability because a lot of people find entertainers, sports athletes, musicians, artists, uh, actors, actresses, you know, people in, in those fields, uh, unless they're like doing grunt work behind the scenes, those people are not relatable to the normal populace. So, it, it makes you find you difficult to to follow somebody and do things like that with regards to like a streaming thing. And that's that's I know it's an aside. I know I'm talking about something else that has nothing to do with the backlog, but the backlog is there. And I, I always start these things with something something that's semi unrelated. And okay, fine. Let's let's just go. Let's let's do this. All right. 
Uh, next game on this list is Among the Sleep. So Among the Sleep, two and a half hours, three and a half hours to 100%. What happens when you mix a child's perspective and imagination with the surreal nature of dreams? Quite a lot, I guess, but we think one of these things is an interesting premise for a horror adventure. Oh, boy. It's like the Rugrats, but terrifying. It's released back on Switch, PC, Xbox One, and PS4 in 2014. There you go. Okay. That's an interesting presence. Okay. Next, Stubbs the Zombie in Rebel Without a Pulse. So this is about six and a half hours long, nine hours to 100%. And this is an older video game. Stubbs, a zombie, will tug at your heartstrings and tickle your funny bone, even as he's tearing the living guts right out of your body. This former traveling salesman trades in his briefcase for your brain case as the leading man in Wide Load's first game, Stubbs the Zombie in Rebel Without a Pulse. This is a game that was initially released way back in 2006, or 2005 actually, 2005 for the original Xbox and then was re-released only recently for the Switch, PC, PS4, and the Xbox One. Uh, I guess somebody Somebody had the license and was just like, yeah, let's let's put this back out there. That's a, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one for sure. Uh, next is Split Second. This was developed by Disney, by the way. Or at least published by Disney. It was back when Disney cared about video games and had a video game studio. And uh, a lot of these uh, traditional Hollywood studios are, are no longer carrying video games. Uh, Universal used to have a video game arm, and I believe they sold it to Activision. And Disney closed down their video game studios, or at least shut down their video game publishing, and sold off some studios and things like that, and then are now just working off of licenses to different companies now. Um, that's kind of their thing. Now, basically, they've returned things back to their MO back in the 80s and 90s with video games. And, and look, that uh, I, I can't name many Disney Studios games that, that uh, caught my eye during the time when they were a publisher. It, it's mainly just... like the Split Second is one of them. Because I remember playing the, a demo of this way back when, and I, as I was collecting for the Xbox 360, I, I knew that I had to find a way to obtain it, and so I did. Uh, and uh, Epic Mickey was the other, the Epic Mickey games were the other two, but they did not succeed the way Disney wanted them to succeed. So that's that's too bad. And yeah, so we've got. Uh, now Disney splitting things up amongst different companies. And look, we got, like I said, we got some gems out of them way back in the 90s. And then now, look at these companies that are re-releasing all, all these Disney 16-bit era games. Uh, you've got 
Square Enix is still doing the Kingdom Hearts stuff. Uh, Unfortunately, EA has Star Wars stuff. And uh, if you look at the mobile market, there's a bunch of new Disney stuff now. There's a bunch of new Disney stuff that's a little out of left field, but now that Disney has has kind of let go, they're, I guess, maybe allowing a little more freedom to work with their properties and IPs. And, you know, good on them. They're, they're using them in a, in a way to try and attract different audiences. It's something that I think more, heck, even video game companies don't normally do that. Um, Nintendo does it with Super Smash Brothers, but then that's just one one solitary game. And then entries in their other franchises are pretty sparse. And I would think that if Nintendo was a little less rigid with some of their franchises, especially companies that could be willing to publish them, or at least develop them and let Nintendo publish it under their arm. And so Nintendo doesn't take the brunt of development costs and just has publishing costs. I would think you could see more more, more entries in like F-Zero or Star Fox. Or, I mean, they've, they've loaned out Star Fox before and it kind of worked out. It's like, oh, well, why don't they just do that? Just like a full-edge version. Because I think there was a Starlink game back when, at the end of the Toys of Life craze and there's uh, Star Fox and apparently that was good people enjoyed that but it's uh, Toys of Life is no longer a thing so there you go man so this is a long tangent on <laughs> Split Second but Split Second is pretty cool an intense action racing game set within a global reality TV show Con- competitors buy to be the first to the finish line in a made for TV city set rigged to blow up with the ultimate goal of becoming the season champion. So this game has been pretty fun. I started it and essentially you it's you're driving around and you uh, collect uh, I think enough like power-ups you charge something up to uh, attack your enemies by by having parts of the scenery explode or fall down or types of just just it's like a it's like a stunt racing set it's like a stunt racing set you would see like in a movie or a tv show and that's how you try and take out different enemies and you yourself try and uh, traverse around the course so it's a very interesting concept and i like it i just have to get into it but unfortunately i bought it when i was towards the end of my racing kick last year and by the time I got to it and I was done with the horse stuff I was a little burnt out on racing games and I'm like okay I'll I'll get back to this later and it's it's there it's in my it's in my backlog I will eventually get to it I might schedule it maybe during the time of playing the need for speed stuff because I I do have uh, need for speed hot pursuit which will I think I'm opening up 2023 with that game. So we'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Next is Endless Space. So Endless Space, 16 hours long, 104 hours to 100%. It's a strategy game. 
So this galaxy is ancient, and its first intelligent life was a civilization we call the Endless. Long before our eyes blazed upon the stars, they flew between them. Okay, so it was released back in 2012. I have it on PC, and we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of strategy games, like I said, that I've in the previous entries that I have, but I I just have to get to them. Next is, and I might have to move this one out. This is PC Building Simulator, 26 and a half hours long, 84 hours to 100%. Build and grow your very own computer repair enterprise as you learn to diagnose, fix, and build PCs with real-world licensed components, realistic pricing, plus comprehensive hardware and software simulation. You can plan and bring your ultimate PC to life. At least on PC, PS4, and Xbox One back in 2018. And maybe if I play this game, I'll learn how to build my own PC. And I wonder if there's an option in the game, like if you build a really good PC and it's reasonably priced, if you could just... Like they have like a deal with like Newegg or something. It's like, oh, here, just click this link and you'll go to a shopping cart in the real world to buy the component to do it yourself. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Next is Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. It's another line of the Tom Clancy games that I do have in the backlog along with the Splinter Cell series. I remember this way back when on I played it on the GameCube, rented it with a friend to, to try it out for a bit. It's also on PC, PlayStation 2, and Xbox. I have this on PC, and this is an old school PC game because this is keyboard and mouse. I tried, I started up, I wanted to play it earlier because I was feeling nostalgic, and I could just plug in the controller and just go from there, but they don't have controller support. It's released back in 2001. So, unfortunately, if I, I'm going to have to learn how to do the keyboard and mouse thing, which I have not been very good at. And uh, Eastern Europe, 2008, war has broken out on the borders of Russia, and the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Ugh. Oh, boy. That's when the call goes out for the ghosts. An elite handful of specially trained Green Berets, armed with the latest technology and trained to use the deadliest weapons. Their mission spearhead the way for a NATO peacekeeping force. Oh gosh. This is a little too close to, to home there. Okay, well, there you go. First person shooter. And uh, I'm not on a first person shooter kick. I haven't been in one. Don't know. I don't know when I'll I'll ever get the itch for it. Uh, yeah, it's been a bit. Next is Red Wings, Aces of the Sky. Four and a half hours long, eight and a half hours to 100%. Let's see. It's an arcade action game that puts you in the middle of World War One aerial battles. 
on your way to victory to become uh, to accompany the legendary Red Baron, released back in 2020, PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Okay. Let's see. So next is Blue Fire. So Blue Fire is next. 11 hours long, 14 hours to 100%. Embark in an extraordinary adventure through perished world of Penumbra to explore unique temples filled with increasingly difficult 3D platforming challenges. Oh, okay. Diverse enemies, quest collectibles, and more. Slash daunting adversaries leap through deadly traps and master the art of movement. Sadia, Switch, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Released back in 2021. Well, a 3D action platformer? I can go, I can get behind that. That's, that, that sounds pretty cool. I'm going to screenshot that. Screenshot that real nice. Next, tiny robots recharged. Three hours long, about four and a half hours to five hours to 100%. It was all fun and games until the bad guy took your friends. It's not their fault. He built his super secret laboratory next to the park, and that's the entire description. It's released on mobile and PC. 2021, uh, I, I don't know, this might be just, uh, it might be one of those mobile games that just happens to also have a PC part, but it's not scaled for PC or anything like that, I don't know, it didn't, that's, doesn't sound too promising to me, but it's a short one if I ever want to get a short game knocked out there. I played a game called Portal Dogs, that was very, very much a, a, a mobile game that was put on PC from the resolution, everything just, it wasn't a well-made game, and it it was a competent enough game, but it it definitely was very much, felt like somebody's first actual product that they put out there. So, yeah, yeah, anyways, Tiny Robots Recharge, there, there you go. Next, Song of Horror, Complete Edition. So, Song of Horror, 18 and a half hours long, 25 hours, 100%. Survival horror adventure, face the manifestations of the presence, an unpredictable eldritch AI that reacts to your way of playing. You will experience two exact gameplays. PC, PS4, and Xbox One, released back in 2019. On October 31st, no less. Mm. So this one, this one's another one that, that I can kind of sit there and be like, this is one of those Halloween games. This is one of the games I can play in October, maybe after I finish Maneater. Maybe. Just maybe. Next is Secret Files 3. So it's part of the Secret Files series where I play as Sam, whatever her name is. I don't know, this is uh, the dream couple of Bax and Nina have announced their forthcoming wedding, but at the beginning of Secret Files 3, the event suffers a catastrophe 
Max is arrested for by Berlin's police force. The accusation: terrorism. Switch PC adventure game. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, a few of these Secret Files games, the Secret Files series. Next is Alien Isolation. This is a big one. 18 and a half hours long, 33 hours to 100%. And definitely one of the Halloween games that I that I, I, I need to, to find a way to get through Spooky Month. So, and yes, I know I picked Man Eater, even though that's not technically spooky, but but Jaws is a spooky film. Jaws is a spooky film. It's obviously inspired by Jaws. So, there you go. Discover the true meaning of fear in alien isolation. Survival horror set in an atmosphere of constant dread and mortal danger. 15 years after the offense of alien, Ellen Ripley's daughter, Amanda, enters a desperate battle for survival on a mission to unravel the truth behind her mother's disappearance. This is released on, whoa, really much everything. Linux, Mac, Windows PC, Switch, PS, PS3, dear Lord, X, PS4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One back in 2014. Next is Ghost Runner. Seven hours long, 12 and a half hours to 100%. Offers a unique single-player experience, fast-paced, violent combat, and an original... An orig- <laughs> That'd be funny if they said this is in an unoriginal setting. It's uh, it's a generic Call of Duty war zone area. Okay, original setting that blends science fiction with post-apocalyptic themes. There you go. It tells the story of a world that has already ended and its inhabitants who fight to survive. And that's it. All right, and it's released on pretty much everything. It's on Luna, Switch, PC, PS4. PS5, Xbox One, and Series X and S, released back in 2020. Oh, whoa. Next, another big one, Star Wars Squadrons. Nine hours long, 15 and a half hours to 100%, and my buddy Charles on Sports Goofs, my other podcast. He has already recommended this game to everyone. So learn what it means to be a pilot in a thrilling Star Wars single-player story set after the events of Return of the Jedi. Seen from alternating perspectives between two factions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it. Two, two sides of the, of the Star Wars area, the Rebels and the, the Empire. Okay. And yeah, PC, PS4, Xbox One, released back in 2020, and this is a VR-capable game. So it's, it's one of those where I, I may have to start to think, okay, do I, do I hold off on this game? Charles played it on a, uh, on a PS4 with a controller, but do I hold off on this game and, and try and... and and, and wait to the, to the moment that I actually have a VR set and experience this game in probably the way it was meant to be experienced. Probably. I, I probably may just hold off on that until... And I, once again, I'm not a Star Wars dude. Uh, I, I'm just not. And it's not my 
not really a thing that I'm obsessed about like a ton of other people. Uh, I just never got into that area of the nerd spectrum. Okay, next is Europa Univer Europa Universalis 4. So this is this is the one that tops my my time to beat list. It's it's set at 92 and a half hours to long and I have to see if it's a sim game. Uh, this like a civilization, those type of games where I guess you could you could essentially play it forever because I see 16, 19 as far as hours are concerned, and man, that's a lot of hours. 214 hours co-op. This might be one of those games that I have to move. It's back with the fourth installment of, uh, of the game that defined the grand strategy genre. It gives you control of a nation to guide through the years in order to create a dominant global empire. Yeah. So this is, yeah, another one. It's basically like SimCity. Uh, it's a sim game. Okay, hey, what if you have the controls of starting an, an empire? And so I... I just have to, I probably will move this, because that's, those are time sync games, games that they don't really have an end, so we're going to stick it where it should be stuck, and we'll uh, put it there, so that one's off the list, we're not gonna, we're not gonna deal with it, so, yeah. That's that's where it should go. But now I lost my place now that I moved it. That's okay. Let's see if I can find my place again. Hold on. I think I talked about these, right? Where am I? Uh, okay, I think I'm almost there. There it is. That's there's this one. Next is Jagged Alliance Gold. So it's a ten and a half hours long, forty-one hours to one hundred percent. True legend of tactical turn-based strategy. Uh, includes two games: Jagged Alliance and Jagged Alliance Deadly Games. Okay, PC. It's an RPG strategy game. Alrighty, at least back in 1994. Next is Titan Quest Anniversary Edition. 31 hours long, 64 hours to 100%. This is a action role-playing game for Switch, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Released back in 2016. Uh, it's a, for its 10th anniversary, Titan Quest will shine in new splendor. Combines both Titan Quest and Titan Quest Immortal. So it's, oh man, it's like two games. It turns them into one game. Has been seen a massive overhaul for the ultimate action RPG experience. That's that's all I got there. So they, they combine two games into one to put the entire saga right there, which is not bad. I like that. I like the I like when the game companies do that and just, like, just make it all one thing. We're going to do this compilation of these games that are essentially in order, storyline-wise. Let's do it. Sonic Origins yeah, basically did it by by putting together all the 16-bit Sonic games and having animations in between to connect one story to the other. Um, 
because, well, Sonic 1 and Sonic CD uh, kind of go back to back, and then, but then the entire saga after that, Sonic 2 and 3, are definitely back to back because one literally leads into the next game. So that's good. And they made Sonic 3 just Sonic 3 and Knuckles. It's just Sonic 3 and Knuckles. There's no splitting of the two games or anything like that. It's, it's, which, I mean, you lose some difference there, but not too much. Not too much. Not too much. Sonic 3 is, is the way it's meant to be presented, or it was meant to be presented before they split it. And there you go. Alright, next we've got Speed Brawl, which I have started and I've I've enjoyed already so far. Six hours long, eight hours to 100%. 2D combat racer about moving fast and hitting hard. And maintain your, melt, your momentum, build your combos, and unleash powerful special moves. And uh, it, it, this is co-op, so this is a very much fun game to play with another person. It's PC only so far, which uh, I'm surprised by. The, the style definitely, definitely makes it worthy of being the style and the voice acting. And the, it, it, it's a well-polished game. I would say I'm surprised it's not been released on the consoles yet. So, but uh, maybe it just maybe it didn't do well enough to to warrant that. 2018, that's when it was released. And I will try and continue playing that. I already started it, but I kind of want to continue playing that because it's fun. It's a fun game. Next is Tharsis. Tharsis, two hours long for main story, 11 hours to 100%. So that's a law. That's a a large disparity between the two. Mysterious signal originated from the Tharsis region of Mars set up on a frantic mission. Sets us on a frantic mission. Whoops. Who sent it? Why? Impossible questions, but lie in them. And the key to humanity's survival. There you go. Mobile, Switch, PC, PS4, released back in 2016. Oh boy, this is another one that I don't know if I want to start it because this is this is if I feel like inflicting pain on myself. This is Neo. So I have Neo. 43 and a half hours long. 143 hours to 100%. And I'm going to assume. The 43 and a half hours. Is only because. You keep dying. Multiple times. The description is. Literally the first sentence is. Ready to die. (sighs) Experience the new brutal action game from Team Ninja and Koei Tecmo. Uh, and your Age of Samurai lone traveler on the shores of Japan. He must fight his way through vicious warriors and supernatural yokai that infest the land in order to find that which he seeks. Released on PC, PS4, and PS5 in 2017. 
yeah, that's that's one of those where I I don't know if I ever will get around to that. Not sure. I am not sure. I've never played any of these Souls games or, or these 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 just bru- yeah, it's literally the brutal game. That's that should just be the genre, the brutal game, where it's just hard and there's no difficulty lowering in sight. Maybe there's mods, but this is on the Epic Game Store, and I don't think their modding scene is as easy to work with compared to what Steam has. Next is Far Cry 3. So I do have games in the Far Cry series. I think I have 3 and 4 at this point. And from what Charles has told me is that they don't necessarily go in order. And they're fine games, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I... I, I don't know if I want to start it. I just need to get into the first-person kick again. 15 and a half hours long, 37 hours to 100%. And uh, it's released for pretty much everything. PC, PS3, PS4, Xbox, 360, and Xbox One back in. 2012. Yep, there you go. Okay, the next game on this list is Secret Files 2 Puritas Cordis. So this was released back in 2009 for the Nintendo Switch, the Nintendo DS, and the PC. So once more, I have a ton of these Secret Files games. This one's about nine hours long, 11 and a half hours to 100%. And famine in Africa, floods in Southeast Asia, economic crisis in Europe, and civil wars in South America. The world is on the brink of disaster. Nila Kalinkow is trying to escape all of this as well as her failed relationship, dear Lord, with Max Gruber on a nostalgic cruise to Portugal. Nina becomes a witness to murder in the Hamburg docks and is soon thrust into the spotlight of events that encompass not only continents, but also centuries. So, point-and-click adventure game. Next, we have Unmemory. Unmemory, a game you can read a book you can play. Interesting. Four hours long, six hours to 100%. It's a visual novel released back in 2020. And that's pretty much it. That's the that's the description. Interesting. Well, next is Candleman. So Candleman, four hours long, seven hours to 100%. At least back in 2017 for the Switch, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. It's, uh, it's a distinctive action-adventure story entwined with low-light gameplay. Acting as a little candle who can burn only for 10 seconds, venture through an unsettling darkness with with challenging levels and a smooth difficulty curve. Struggle to overcome obstacles based on the mechanics of light and shadow, explore a wide range of enchanted environments, and unveil hidden treasures as you seek the distant light. Huh. This actually intrigues me. I'm going to screenshot this one. This one intrigues me. Okay, next is Puzzle Agent. So, 
another one of the puzzle agent games that I have here. This is three and a half hours long, four hours to 100%. Released on mobile, PC, and PS3. It's a Telltale game. Released back in 2010. And then, uh, yeah, when White House inquiries to the Scoggins Eraser Company are answered only with curious puzzles, Nelson Tethers from the U.S. Department of Puzzle Research is sent on the case. The strange events in, in Scoggins will challenge every ounce of Tethers' expertise and possibly his very wits. With brain teasers at every turn, mazes, logic puzzles, riddles, and more, he soon realizes that these, along with clinically preoccupied townspeople, secret societies, and peculiar sounds from the forest are intimately connected to the core mystery and what's with the gnomes okay then we have sam and max hit the road i've never played a sam and max game this game is five hours long six hours five to six hours actually it's a point and click adventure puzzle side i don't know what the side means as a genre but yeah, basically on PC, Linux, Mac. Uh, let's see, size button comic series of Steve Perso remains one of the funniest pieces of media to hit, ever hit store shelves. While the basic plot taking control of a giant dog in a trench coat and a naked homicidal rabbit who are traveling across the country looking for an escaped Sasquatch sounds great and in and of itself, the real joy in this game could be found in its crazy puzzles and constant barrage of humorous attacks on Americana. This was published by LucasArts, which makes me wonder, uh, Sam and Max, are they Disney properties? Well, it, it was a comic book by Steve Purcell, um, so I don't know if he retains the, the rights to it. I'm not sure. And, okay. Next is Tools Up, five hours long, nine hours to 100%. It's an exciting local co-op that tests your innovation and teamwork skills, paint walls, tear off wallpaper, and move couches against the clock. Nintendo Switch, PC, PS4, Xbox One, released back in 2019. This is in the line of, of games like, um, was it Moving Out or Moving Up? Is that what it's called? Uh, there's tools up. You have um, overcooked. Uh, I think Nintendo had that one where you're like um, uh, emergency workers carrying people. Like they're just a, a line of video games where you're doing what are seemingly mundane jobs, but uh, making them games and making them fun. Yoku's Island Express. Five and a half hours, 11 hours, 100%. Meet Yoku, the pint-sized postman protagonist of Yoku's Island Express. Using a unique blend of pinball mechanics, platforming, and open-world exploration to unlock the secrets of Mokumana Island. Help the locals awaken ancient deities and much more in this amazing new tropical adventure. Released back in 2018 for the Switch, PC, PS4, and Xbox One, I have this on PC, and, hmm, you said pinball mechanics, which kind of gets me thinking of Sonic, but I think he literally, there's some literal pinball aspects to this game, 
uh, given the artwork here. But that's that's an interesting premise, to say the least. Rebel Galaxy, 21 and a half hours long, 50 and a half hours to 100%. It's a swashbuckling space adventure with action-packed combat, exploration, discovery, trade, and negotiation with the outlandish denizens at the edge of the known universe. Released back in 2015, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Yeah, so third-person real-time action adventure flight combat open-world role-playing. This thing's got it all. Hmm. Next is A Plague Tale Innocence. Have this on PC. Ten and a half hours long, 16 hours to 100%. Follow the grim tale of young Amicia and her little brother Hugo on a heart heart. Yeah, heart-rending journey through the darkest hours of history. Hunted by Inquisition soldiers and surrounded by unstoppable swarms of rats, Amicia and Hugo will come to know and trust each other. As they struggle to survive against overwhelming odds, they will fight to find purpose in this brutal, unforgiving world. Ten and a half hours, 16 hours, 100%. Huh. Nintendo Switch, PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Series X and S. In 2019, this was released. And I've seen this, but I haven't... I've, I've, it looks interesting. And I'll keep an eye on it. Ten and a half hours, 16 hours, that can be a second game of the month. Uh, if uh, I finish up one game pretty quickly. So, I mean, I haven't streamed in a bit uh, since at this point of this recording, um, but I will start playing the next thing at some point. So I just I just need to take a little bit of a game break, but I'll get back on it. Don't worry. Just need to go, keep going. All right, so now I have these games in the Syndicate series. I have Syndicate Plus. So this is 14 hours to 100% because that's all the people that polled for this and I guess that's that's what they came up with. And it's a real-time strategy game developed by Bullfrog Productions and published by EA back in 1996. PC only. It's the only platform it's ever been released on. Uh, next is Syndicate Wars, which has a pretty funky box art. I, I, I'm actually, that thing kind of captures my eye for sure. I mean, it's back in the day when box art mattered. 17 and a half hours long, 24 hours to 100%. And this was released on PC and PS1. And in 1996 as well, this in the future, two business syndicates are vying for control of the world, Eurocorp and Church of the New Epoch, Epoch, whatever, however you want to say it. To gain control, you will have to assassinate rivals, persuade neutral groups to join you, and destroy buildings and bases with a squad of cyborgs. In all the tasks, you will take control of a team of four cyborgs that must be armed with a wide variety of weapons. Depending on the objective, there are a number of tactics to use. 
since all the missions are expensive, you must steal resources to keep your squad going. See if you can take over the world in Syndicate Wars. Okay. Then I have uh, two of the Ultima games. So we're, we're going down the list of classic PC games. So Ultima Underworld, the Stygian Abyss, it's 19 and a half hours long, 45 and a half hours to 100%. First person RPG, true leader of the pack, used a full 3D first person perspective a full year before Wolfenstein 3D store hit store shelves. Not only was it visually impressive for the time, it was introduced some neat gameplay elements into the action RPG arena, such as altering the speed and power of attacks by direct control and introducing 3D puzzle elements. Uh, an amazingly rich title that showed the world that first-person engines were capable of a lot more than simple shoot-em-ups before there were even 3D shooters. Released back in 1992. PC only. So Un Ultima Underworld 2, Labyrinth of Worlds, is 17 hours long, 39 hours to 100%. And there you go. So that released back in 1993. Next we've got line of, um, well, the Siberia games, which I did buy because they, they do look intriguing. Uh, I have uh, Siberia Prologue, The World Before, one hour long, one and a half hours to 100%. I don't know why I haven't started this. I should. Uh, discover the prologue of the next installment of Siberia, The World Before, which returns to the origins of the Siberia Saga. This released back in 2020. Adventure, puzzle, visual, novel. So that's that one. I have Siberia 3. Uh, which was released back in 2017. The next generation adventure games, Siberia 3 takes you inside an enchanting, mysterious universe full of life for you to explore in 3D. Plunge into the heart of a world inhabited by a cast of interesting characters. You'll discover and experience a fabulous tale as imagined by Benoit Sokal. And this was released for the PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. So I have those, and uh, I mean, in the order that I have here, I don't have two and three, but we will get to them at some point. But before we get to that, it's another Secret Files game, Tunguska. Nine hours long, twelve hours to one hundred percent, released on the the DS, the Switch, the PC, the Wii, the Wii U, and mobile. And what they really like Nintendo consoles uh, back in two thousand six. Uh, it was originally released, of course, the Wii U, Switch, and uh, I guess probably even the mobile platforms didn't exist back then for this. And yeah, each one of these games has a different premise that I don't believe they are connected in any way with the other games. I think they're all standalone stories, but... This one's Unravel, one of the greatest mysteries of our time. On the 30th of June, 1908, an explosion with the combined energy of 2,000 Hiroshima bombs rocked the region of Tunguska in central Siberia and felled over 6,000 square kilometers of trees. 
The explosion could be heard from as far as a thousand kilometers away. Eyewitnesses saw a long object fall from the sky, which was illuminated in a blue-white light. A 20-kilometer high column of light was... Good Lord, this is a long description. Uh, was followed by a black mushroom-shaped cloud. It has been reported that for the next three nights, it was so bright across all of Europe that you could read a newspaper outdoors. To date, it still remains a mystery as to what happened that day, and now you will find yourself immersed in a race against time to uncover a global conspiracy that will carry you to the far reaches of the world. Prepare to have your detective skills challenged like never before in the dark world of cover-up and corruption. Next is Metamorphosis. Two and a half hours long, four and a half hours to 100%. Play as Gregor, turn into a tiny bug and set out on an extraordinary journey to unravel the mystery of your transformation. Metamorphosis is a first-person adventure set in a surrealist world where your newfound abilities are your last and only hope for redemption. You wake up one morning to find that you are rather inconveniently transforming into a tiny bug, while your friend Joseph is being arrested for reasons unknown. To save him and to find the answers you must seek, you must embark on a journey through a world which, like yourself, has become twisted and unfamiliar. What once seemed like mundane dwellings have become an expansive obstacle course, and now you'll have to chart your path through the dingy nooks and crannies that exist within the cracks of civilization. That was pretty long. Nintendo Switch, PC, PS4, released back in 2020. That's an interesting premise as well. I'm actually going to give this one a screenshot. They kind of they kind of got me there. Next, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. It's released back in 1992. Uh, another point-and-click adventure adventure game from Lucas Arts. It follows an ancient medallion from Iceland to the Middle East to discover the secret of Atlantis before the Nazis can wield its terrible power in this classic Lucas Arts point-and-click adventure game. And yeah, eight hours, ten hours to 100%. And there you go. Have that on PC. Next is Planet Alpha, which has floating space whales or sky whales. So uh, five hours long, six and a half hours to 100%. Released back in 2018 for the Switch, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. It's an adventure game. Planet Alpha, a beautiful alien world filled with mystery and danger. Pursued by relentless enemies, you must harness the power of night and day as you struggle to survive. Okay. I I guess I will... I will... Uh, it's another one of those... The space games, I have a lot of space games where they just kind of drop you on a planet and see what happens. Next is Lost Horizon 2. I think I have Lost Horizon 1 as well. But this is five and a half hours long, six hours to 100%. In the shadow of Cold War, of the Cold War, Fenton Paddock is facing the hardest fight of his life. While the tensions between the superpowers threaten to tear the world apart, the British soldier has to save his family that has been caught by powerful enemies. 
His adventure leads the Fentem far beyond the Iron Curtain and finally onwards to mysterious uncharted territory. He has to finally face the dark powers of his past and learn what it means to take on responsibility. Released back in 2015 on the PC and then released again on the Switch. All right. Next, we have... Oh, gosh. This this is a... Um, when, I, when I look at these, because uh, th- these are several games in, in this series of games. It's uh, Battlefield Five. So, and I have other Battlefield games. I have I have one, two, no, no, I have one, three, four, and five. I don't have two. But Battlefield Five, six hours long, twenty-seven and a half hours to one hundred percent, and yeah, released back in twenty eighteen for the PC, PS four, and Xbox One. Enter Mankind's Greatest Conflict as the series goes back to its World War II roots. Battlefield One is on here. Experience the dawn of all out war in Battlefield One. Fight your way through epic battles ranging from tight urban combat in a besieged French city to the heavily defended mountain forts in the Italian Alps, or frantic combats in the deserts of Arabia. Discover a new world at war through an adventure-filled campaign, or join in epic multiplayer battles with up to 64 players, which I probably won't even do, and adapt your tactics to the earth-shattering environments and destruction. Fight as infantry or take control of amazing vehicles on land, air, and sea, from the tanks and bikes on the ground to biplanes and gigantic battleships, and adapt your gameplay to the most dynamic battles in Battlefield history. Yeah. 2016 PC, PS4, and Xbox. One, six and a half hours to 100%. Or no, 20, 20 half hours to 100%. Six and a half for the main story. Then we have Mother Gunship. That's four and a half hours long. 14 and a half to 100%. Bullet Hell FPS, where you craft your own guns, fight gigantic bosses, and defeat a robotic alien army that conquered Earth. Face off against overwhelming odds and brutal non-stop combat, where thinking on your feet is the only way to survive. This is PC and PS4 FPS, released in 2018. So as, as we keep going down this list, and there's there's more folks where we're not done. There's about a hundred and oof, I would say maybe a hundred and fifty some up more games that are going through this backlog here, and, and that's okay. That's okay. I mean, you, these are just games that I have now, and it's all. I mean, most of them are on PC. At this point, there's 374 of those, and the rest are on consoles. Uh, and I've look, I've done a good job of the console games, right? I, I don't have many that are on here through the consoles. Um, out, out of the 438, 374 on PC, so that's 85% on the PC, and the other 15 are on console. So. I do get through my physical games over the course of my entire gaming career, 
which is good because I, I don't like to have them sitting there and just, you know, gaining dust. But now that I have this massive PC backlog, and now that I'm looking at what my backlog is, I'm starting to get a a better hold on on some of these games. Um, uh, I think some of them I'm gonna have to uh, retire because I'm just not gonna get to them. Um, but uh, I am trying to do a better job of balancing the physical games and the digital games that's my biggest focus is so that i'm not just bogged down by all these pc games that i let these xbox 360 games that i i just started collecting uh in the dust i I don't want them gaining dust uh the same thing for the ps3 games or uh switch games it's still a current console for me it's my main current console um I, i I don't plan on getting a PS5 or an Xbox Series X or S um, at any point, unless like I win one or something like that. Someone gifts it to me, but I I do not want those consoles because I I feel like it's a bit redundant with the with the gaming PC. And uh, as far as a PS4 and Xbox One, I I've looked. Uh, I can't say that I haven't looked to see if I could find one on the cheap. And I'm still not willing to pay like $100 for one and just have it. Uh, because uh, one, I, I have enough trouble with the games that I do have right now. And two, I, I will eventually get to those consoles. Because, I mean, as far as my like my gaming career, I've owned... At some point or another, a PS1, a PS2, a PSP, and now I have a PS3. So uh, I don't believe I'll get my hands on a Vita. I I don't know. I don't believe there's anything there that I would want to play. And uh, yeah, Uh, so I don't think I'll get a PS Vita, but I do believe I'll eventually get a PS4 and go through that for anything that uh, was exclusive to the PS4 and never popped up on PC. As far as Xbox, the 360 is my first Xbox console. I, I don't have the original Xbox. I collected... Uh, I do. I, I am looking at some of the original Xbox games for collection purposes uh, because I can't, some of them are backwards compatible with it but it's not that big of a focus for me because i i'm not going to collect the original xbox uh, i've, I've kind of uh already i've unloaded my gamecube games i'm not gonna jump back into ps2 or into the original xbox uh, unless there's like a game i really want to play and it's only on the original xbox however um uh, it's just not a focus of mine and even then some of those games are backwards compatible with the Xbox One and the Series X and S, which I'll eventually get an Xbox One. It, it probably won't be anytime soon, but you never know. Maybe in like five years, I'll be like, you know what? I want an Xbox One. Let's see if I can find one on the cheap. Uh, and most likely that's what's going to happen. And in fact, it might even be like in five years. It'll probably be like in 
two years or something like that. At some point, uh, we're going to get to that point where it's like, oh, well, I can grab one for, uh, let's say, heck, even a brand new one for like 100 bucks or less. If that's the case, then I'll definitely get one, especially if it's on clearance. Hell yeah. They're on clearance. I'll, I'll definitely get a PS4 and, and an Xbox One just to have them. Like, and their latest ones. I, I, I don't want to deal with with issues as far as uh, performance. So I, if I were to get them, I would, I would definitely prefer the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro and just leave it at that. Um, as far as accessories are concerned, well, I definitely can't get a Kinect because that doesn't work with the Xbox One X. And the PSVR, I would only get if I could find it on the cheap. Um, but that would also de- depend on if I already have a VR headset for the PC. Because if that's the case, then I wouldn't get one. Because it's it, it, that would be redundant. If I had a much more capable, I don't believe there's many things exclusive to the PS4 VR that would entice one to be like, oh, I, I need to have that and play that. Um, so there's that. Um, as far as the other collections, I mean, the Nintendo stuff, uh, I am collecting Wii U. I am picking up Wii U games at this point, too. Um, my Wii U collection's pretty extensive. Uh, I just started looking like I, I I brought back my my game cases for my Wii U to to kind of display as part of my current collection at this point. Um, but yeah, the Wii U is uh, is in play at this point, uh, and I I do say that because. I do feel that those will rise in value. There's a lot of stuff on the Wii U that's not been ported to any of the other consoles. And it'll... Yeah, there's just some things that uh, that are also on that system. Like, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd play it there. You know, Some of them are on the cheap, too, uh, as well. Sometimes that might be the cheaper experience to, to experience certain games. Because they're they're unloading them, um, you just have to be careful because sometimes they're just some of them are the inferior versions of games. So you you will get like like if you're like Super Mario 3D World, it's it's on the Switch with an extra portion too. And you can just play that. Mario Kart 8 is on the Switch with all brand new courses that are. That have been added and and everything that was in the DLC. So there's that. Um, got <laughs> Bayonetta one and Bayonetta two was released on the Switch. Like there's there's plenty of stuff on the Wii U that has already been ported to the Switch or have had uh, better sequels. Or, that leave the Wii U stuff almost redundant. 
like Smash Brothers Ultimate, even though Wii U has features that are not in Smash Ultimate. However, Smash Ultimate is still the overall better game. Um, then, okay. Yeah, as th- 3DS collection, I'm, gosh, man, I, I like the 3DS, but I don't know if I, I, I just didn't like it as much as the Nintendo DS. I'm not sure. That, uh, I played a lot of DS games on it because of backwards compatibility, but um, I'm not collecting for the 3DS at this point. Uh, as far as the Wii, I'm not collecting for the Wii either. Um, one, because uh, I had my fill of Wii games during its heyday. Uh, I was a staunch Wii supporter from day one until the very end. So I think I've played pretty much everything that I've wanted to play on the Wii. And uh, or at least I've bought everything that I've wanted to play on the Wii. Uh, during its during its time, and afterwards, the thing that kind of makes everything moot for me to collect is the uh, the fact that I, I have a Wii U that has um, hard drive storage that I can I can run games straight off of a hard drive. So, so there's that. I don't have to. Um, so I can. I've loaded Wii games on there. I can play it off of, of a Wii U. That's hacked. The same thing with my actual original Wii. That's also been hacked to do the same thing. And I also have uh, the Dolphin emulator on the PC. And so if I did want to play Wii in certain games that are no longer available can't find them, they're not cheap, uh, then I'll just find a way to to get them, uh, to play them through there. Um, because uh, there's, there's a bunch of games that some developers are never going to re-release. They're not, especially from that, from that system, uh, if, if they heavily depended on the motion controls. And like with the Wii U, the hacked Wii U or the hacked Wii, I can use my Wii remotes just fine. And the same thing with my my PC. Connect my Wii remotes to there, and I can use the actual controllers there, and I don't I don't really miss anything from it. So that's the that's the situation with the Wii. I I don't really have the need to collect for it at this point. Every single game that I've owned on the Wii is already backed up onto my PC and my Wii U. Um, every single disc. So I'm not missing out on any of those either. Uh, so if I, that's why I, unloading my game games was, was easier because I have those games already backed up um, that I, I actually did... Um, uh, store and rip the, the, the data onto the hard drives. So I have backups of, of those games. So I, it's like, okay, well, 
Uh, Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes, I'm sorry. Um, I'm just going to unload you now. And uh, if I do want to play that game, I have two ways of doing it. So I'm not missing out on anything. Which is uh, pretty satisfying as a gamer. I will say that some people, once more, the collecting, it's their, the actual having it is what they're satisfied with. But for me, it's, it's no longer that. It's the experience of it. And, uh, I can unload it if I know I can still have that experience. Because I unloaded Sonic Jam as well, which is, uh, one of my, I mean, and I have that to experience because I have an emulator on my PC with, and I have Sonic Jam and I can just play it. I can just play it anytime that I, that I want there and I'm not missing out on anything. I'm not missing out on anything. Um, yeah. Uh, and DS collecting, I'm done with DS collecting too. Um, DS is a little trickier. Um, because it's hard to like there's there's an emulator for it and all that stuff, but that experience of playing actual games uh, with the touchscreen on the DS and the same thing for the 3DS. Um, the 3D effect is another thing for the 3DS, um, and it does have motion controls. However, the the uh, I, I've had my fill because it was the same thing with the Wii. Learning its heyday, like the DS, I, I, I played what I wanted to play on that system already. I owned the games that I wanted uh, during that time span. And anything that I do want to play, I, I, some games are satisfactory through emulation. Um, um, but uh, right now, I, I just don't have anything on the DS that's like, oh, I need to get that. I, I, I pretty much own the things that I really wanted already. So I own them, I played them, and I'm done with them. So, so I don't feel the need to collect for DS games. That's why I'm collecting 360 and PS3. I didn't experience all of those games during that era. I have some of those games on my PC... Uh, through through all, all the giveaways and things like that, but not everything's there. Um, I recently just bought a Goodwill collection of, of a lot of games um, solely because there was one game in that collection, uh, and thankfully I watched a review on YouTube that that kind of um, that highlighted this game. There's one game in that collection which is starting to rise up in price because it was it was only released on the PS3, the PS3, the Xbox 360. There's a Wii version, but the Wii version is different, but it's there. Uh, the, and and it was released on PC, uh, and it was only released during that time frame, that time period. And since then, there's been no way to play it afterwards. Um, I think on the Xbox One, you can play it if you've, you've owned it there. And then, uh, um, 
I think. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I actually have, would have to check if it's been an Xbox 360 backwards compatible, uh, backwards compatible game. If it's not, then you can't play it on a modern console because, and PS3 games are have not been um, uh, emulated uh, or backwards compatible with the PS4, or the five, and the Wii version's different. Um, and uh, at least, well, I'm sure that you, you can get the Wii version someplace. And the PC version, uh, it's developed by Ubisoft, and they have not wanted to uh, make a modern PC port of the game. Like, if they, it's, it's not on any of their... Um, it's not on any of, of the... Of the stores, it's not on Steam, not on Epic Games, not on Good Old Games, not even on Ubisoft's own stuff. They're they're Ubisoft Connect. It's not even on there. So it's it's just been gone. It's been gone. So uh, I found a lot that had a copy of that game. I'm like I have to get it. This I, I I need this now, and I got it for a pretty good price. So and it came along with other games that I don't own. So. Uh, games from that era I am interested in playing right now because I never got a chance to. Uh, PS3 and 360, those are two consoles that I, yes, I'm familiar with them from the era, but I was the Wii guy uh, in, my, in my friend groups, you know? I'm like, ah, Francisco's the Wii guy. He's got the Nintendo stuff. And then everybody else has had a 360 or a PS3. So... Ah, oh, man. Man, man, man. Well, I think that'll be it for this entry in the, the backlog. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, please and uh, go follow me on all the things. And you can listen back to the other games that I have with the other ones if you just feel like listening to my voice. Bye-bye. <laughs>